0: Hi, good evening, good afternoon, depending where you are. I am Alex, the founder of Women of Culture. If you don't know me, we are an organization designed to connect, empower, and inspire women through meaningful engagement with the arts. And I'm so excited because we're resuming our uh, Women of Culture Wednesday interviews where we speak with a variety of different artists and learn more about their work and process. So today we're going to be speaking with Karen Mainetti um, whose work I absolutely love. Um, Her work explores the central theme of feminine sexuality and uncovers humor in the tyranny of perfection, so I am just going to invite her to join. She'll be with us in just a second. think she's coming in now. There we go. Hello. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good to see you. Okay, I'm trying to get
1: this sort of figured out (laughs) I know.
0: It's always, like, I was trying to, like, censor, because I realized I was, like, off to one side. (laughs) But you look good.
1: (laughs) Thanks. So do you. It's great to talk to you. I feel like I've
0: been totally
1: huddling down. I know. And um, I was really looking forward to... Having this conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for making the time, and um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Just you know, obviously, we met through one of the events that you presented some mm-hmm. work at, but um, excited to learn more about all that you do. So um, yeah, I I'll just get started and um, just ask okay. you. Like, I love to start at the beginning, just to kind of understand you know, where you're from, how you discovered art, and um, Mm -hmm. how you kind of developed to where you are today?
1: Well, um, I was, I grew up in New Jersey. Okay. In Paramus, so Mm -hmm. I worked at the mall. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like as an artist, you know, as a kid, I was always creative. I always, you know, loved drawing and collecting things and making things out of nothing and making up my own games and, you know, playing in the closet and things like that. Yeah. Um, I remember I used to, like, transform my room into some kind of exhibit, exhibit for my family. Like, I'd make little tickets and they'd have to, like, you know, pay a quarter oh, to come I see it. And I'd be, like, you know, making some kind of um, – aquarium or, oh. you know, whatever
0: it was that I had in my mind. Yeah, I was where were you making, like, um, finger pizza, <laughs> like, You know, like, <laughs> we're just, like, all kinds of stuff, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like I was always, you know, inclined to things like that. And I feel like, you know, as a kid, my parents really encouraged it. Mm-hmm. But then as I got older and, you know, I was in high school and, you know, it was about going to college and getting a job. And both of my parents are uh, educators, so they both taught middle school and they were the first ones in their families to go to college. They really wanted to, you know, encourage me towards some kind of career that had, uh, you know, a like, like a career. solid yeah yeah solid, like, that,
0: professional like you're gonna get a salary
1: <laughs> yeah exactly I, they were really afraid of me just you know becoming an artist and mm-hmm. you know not being able to make a living mm-hmm. and I think because they had worked so hard it was yeah. really you know important for them that they're like giving me all of these opportunities yeah. so um I ended up going to a liberal arts college when I think I really would have wanted to go to an art college, you know, and just study art completely. And it's funny because, you know, many, many years after, you know, my parents would say to me, oh, like, we get it, like, (laughs) you know, it took a really long time, you know, for them to see, you know, my coming full circle. And I know that, you know, we had talked before about the idea of, um that i am also a designer yeah and so what happened was i went to a liberal arts college and then i came out and it was like well what am i going to do now because i majored in studio art i majored in art history and i was really super lucky to have my first job be at moma i worked oh, wow. in the library there oh i didn't even know And that. so oh, yeah it helps. was like you know i was a library assistant and i did interlibrary loans and You know, they have, like, this amazing artist book collection and all these, like, artist files where they just save anything anybody sent them. And so it was a great, you know, environment to be in. I I was so lucky because I feel like every other job I was looking to do was, like, horrible. Thinking of malls, it was like dressing the mannequins at the mall was (laughs) actually an interview I went to. And I thought, oh, my god, this is going to be my life. You know, I feel like the path of an artist is so unclear. You know, like, in retrospect, you look at it, and you're like, oh, I can see where it's gravitating towards, and I see, like, how I made this happen. But for me, it was, you know, just taking that first step and taking the next step and, like, keep trying to get it towards the thing that I was truly passionate about. Yeah. So, MoMA was, you know, great, but I was making no money I was still living at home and after a while I realized I didn't want to be a librarian as much as I love research in libraries so I ended up um moving to Martha Stewart Living which I thought was such a creative company and I loved yeah. the crafting and it seemed yeah. like this good meld of um you know the creative with something that was you know an actual career so I ended up um Working there in a job that wasn't creative at all, and right. <laughs> oh wait yeah. you you just you just froze. Okay, you're back. Were you able to see me? I just saw yeah, that you froze. I know that was weird. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: So I when just, I was working weird. there, I um, you know I realized this is horrible. Like it's not creative, yeah. and I was really disappointed. And I spent about four years in a job that I was totally unfulfilled by, although I met great, amazing people there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was very lucky. There was, at that time, a um, career coach that they offered. Her name is Maggie Mistel. She does career coaching now. But at that oh. point, she was um, a in-house HR person who was doing career coaching. And I went to her. And it wasn't about finding another job at the company. It was about really helping to identify what you're interested and passionate about and not think about what all those steps are. You know, a lot of times I think I, 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 it was ingrained in me, this idea of like, oh, if I'm really an artist, I'm going to make no money and I'm going to, you know, be a complete disaster and failure. <laughs> right. And I, um, I felt like she really helped me to say, this is what I'm interested in. I'm not going to judge the final end result. I'm going to just pursue this next step and then the next step and then the next step. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting because I was interested in design because there was amazing design going on there at the time. But I really thought, oh, I don't think I like the idea of sitting in front of a computer. But I ended up really liking it. And so I was able to take a pretty significant pay cut but move over to the design department which was an amazing opportunity so I became completely self-taught as a designer I started Uh as a product designer there and I designed a lot of uh, Christmas stuff for (laughs) Kmart which was really fun it was like very cute and like the aesthetic Um, and I think you know a lot of Martha Stewart influenced some of my like design aesthetic and like the clean kind of, um, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's something about the aesthetic that's just really um, like friendly and Mm -hmm. sort of a touch of feminine and, you know, all of the domesticity of it. Mm -hmm. So at the time when I first became a designer there, I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. And I felt fulfilled but then as I started doing it a little bit, I realized, oh, I can't just do anything I want. This isn't really creative. This is about, like, working within a brand right. Right. and a price point and all of those things. So I ended up um, just making work on my own. Mm. So And a lot of it was influenced by photography at Martha Stewart of, like, all of these, like, perfect desserts and <laughs> meals that you could make. And right. I was really interested in all of that stuff. And it's interesting working there because there was such an idea of achieving perfection and everything yeah. being really harmonious and well done and done right. And I think that the type of person that worked there was uh-huh. very much similar to me in being yeah. perfectionistic yeah. and, you know, wanting all of that stuff to be. Um, You know, in its place. So um, it was really interesting how working there and really starting to make for the first time since college, my own work dovetailed in terms of like ideas I was having about, you know, how women are portrayed, Mm -hmm. how, you know, expectations I felt like I was supposed to live up to. And then, you know, Martha Stewart and, you know, some of the the. what would you call them? Like paradigms for, you know, being a woman that she put forward, you know, in her magazines and products and things. Um, So I feel like that was really my path to becoming an artist was, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of always wanting that. And then having this long meandering journey of, Mm. you know, oh, well, here's a job, but (laughs) no, not creative, not, you know, and just can, continually adjusting. So now I still do freelance design work. And that's been great because it's super flexible. And, um, and I think, you know, a lot of my, my artwork that now I can make a lot of more time for is still Uh influenced by the ideas of Uh products and what's being sold and how they make us feel and Uh you know what they represent. So it's kind of interesting, like, being on both sides of it right. like sometimes i'm creating something for um a company and i do a lot of candle packaging so uh-huh. it's very like feminine and you know it's it's very interesting to be sort of like making it and then wanting to debunk it at the same time
0: right <laughs> yeah, I know. I think that's so interesting about your work because um I I don't know if we've talked about this before, but that I worked in the beauty industry for a long time. Oh, yes, and we you, did. Yeah, and you know that I um do graphic design as well yeah. and um and a side note, I, did you work at the Lehigh building? Oh, yes, you, I did because yeah. you okay. worked at J&J, yeah, right? Yeah, I worked yeah. at J&J there. So it's yeah. so funny we were like overlapped. But um but yeah, I mean it is it is funny that I, I love how you kind of yeah, it seems like you take some inspiration from your like design work. And um, I, I was wondering if you if you could talk a little bit about how you separate the two or what you see as a difference between like when you're designing something and when mm-hmm. you're creating a piece of art.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think for me, the big difference is when I'm designing something, I feel like I'm going towards a certain kind of look or objective. Mm-hmm. And I feel like since most of my artwork is really conceptual, yeah. I feel like it's about the commentary. Like right. most of my work starts with an idea. Like I think, yeah. hmm, like, well that's weird. You know? Yeah. Like um my series of the Me Too drawings of products with the statements of men who were accused of sexual harassment. I started that series because I was reading in the paper of like rich and powerful men apologizing for right. something that they did and you know we all know that not everybody did that. Mm-hmm. Um but it felt like I've never heard a man apologizing in the mm-hmm. same way that women feel like, you know, we're always saying mm-hmm. sorry apologize I'm sorry. for everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. So I feel like that really stood out to me. And okay. then I sort of figured out, you know, how I was going to envision it, you know, through form. Um, so I feel like the difference for me is definitely in the thinking and the conceptual. And also I tend to do more like my artwork is not computer generated. And a lot of my design work is generated in the computer, but I still use the computer as a tool. Like a lot of my, um, my drawings are based on images and I sort of Photoshop them and then draw from the thing I've created. Mm -hmm. So I love using it as a tool, but I haven't really yet done final artwork that is computer generated.
0: Right, right. Yeah, no, um, it's interesting. I didn't realize that you were basically self-taught designer and, um, but I guess probably having had that fine arts background must have helped a bit. Um, I mean, were you, yeah. Yeah, and I think
1: think also, like I was saying, there were so many amazing people at Martha Stewart when I worked there Mm -hmm. that um, my role was, before I moved over to design, was um, like a coordinator. And I had to work with each of the departments to create packaging. So I'd have to make sure that copy wrote their copy, and design designed, and then production got it, and print production got it. And so it's interesting, when I left there, I didn't have any packaging experience because I was doing product design and I was doing like a lot of like gift wrap and pattern work, but not Mm. a lot of typography. And my next job, I had to do packaging. I worked for a company that was doing like a uh, sort of like a startup of a new brand. Mm. And I had to do a lot of packaging. And I remember just relying on what I had seen and what I had learned. Like I, Sort of was able to teach myself the, just through doing, mm, and I think yeah. even with my artistic practice, I, since it's very idea based, mm-hmm. I then try to figure out what materials I, are best to express it, and I feel like I'm always like learning something new or pushing myself to learn, like like I did as series with ceramics and I didn't know how to do that and I just took classes (laughs) and made them during my classes and it was funny because everyone else in my class was doing very utilitarian things and they kept like asking me what are you going to do with those and I'm like they're sculptures (laughs) you know and everyone's like Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like I I crave that wanting to, like, learn a new skill or learn something new. And I think for me, in design as well as art, I've been, you know, very, um, I've been really insecure about the fact that I feel like I'm, self-taught you know oh, okay. I've, I felt like it took me many years huh. to overcome and to yeah. realize that it's actually a real skill to be curious and engaged and yeah. flexible and yeah. you know able to just sort of dig in and figure uh-huh. something out but very early on you know I was just I was so insecure and I just felt like I should know more and I think that's something you know for anyone who's in the arts yeah. I think, you know, there's all that self-questioning and I think that there's, like right now I'm in between series mm. and I'm just playing with new materials.
0: Yeah. And so
1: I have painted in oil, but I haven't painted in acrylic. Um, yeah. I've been drawing, so I'm doing something with colored pencils and the things I'm doing, you know, I'm like, what is this? You know, like it's not good yet. <laughs> But I feel like you have to, like, I feel like when you push, like, one of the things I really wanted to do was uh, think about incorporating color into some of my Hmm. uh, still life drawings.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, I have to just figure it out, you know, figure out what the best way is. And I think sometimes it's fun and sometimes it feels like, uh, you know, scary to try something new and to put it out there.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's one of the things that I always, um, respect so much about artists is that you, I mean, first of all, you have to be so resourceful and so brave and, you know, there's, you're, you're putting yourself out there and there's always going to be critics and, you know, part of your heart and soul kind of up there for everyone to judge or whatever. And, um, and just having the courage to, to do that, I think is so, um, something i respect and admire in an artist so
1: yeah i think that's also like an interesting distinction between art and design uh-huh. because design there's always sort of like a purpose to it yeah. and you can get really creative within the the guidelines that you have yeah. but i i never feel if somebody doesn't like my design i never feel it so personally, the way right. that I do with my visual art, you know, right. I mean, sure. and, and I can still say like, I get it, it's not your thing with my visual art. But yeah. when you present a, like a series for the first time, or something you haven't done, it feels like you're just baring your soul. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's, it's really, I feel like that to me doesn't really get easier. You know, whenever it's something new, it always yeah. feels really scary. But at the same time, I think like, it's important to keep pushing, you For know, sure. and to not get caught in the loop of doing the same thing yeah. and evolving. Yeah. And I think there's always that scary part of that process. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, I like to um, talk a lot about how like, we as people and non-artists can learn so much from artists because that is one thing that you know artists have to continually do and like you can't just do the same thing over and I mean some people kind of do but eventually you know that's boring for you and boring for other people (laughs) and you know you've got to keep pushing your boundaries and um, kind of continuing to be resourceful and um, continuing to learn and grow and um, that's so important in in life in general too (laughs) so Yeah, yeah,
1: I totally agree. I think it's like, you know, the idea of being open to other things, and like letting the happy accidents occur, like I'm somebody who tends to be really regimented. Um, Like one of the new things I want to try to do more in my work is um, incorporate more of the process. I tend to sort of like figure something out and then execute once I've landed on it. And I really love seeing the process in other people's work, you know, like Mm -hmm. for some reason it's hard for me but I think that that, you know, seeing someone's evolution and seeing how something's made and how it happens, you know, for visual artists I Mm -hmm. think it's interesting to look at from just a materials point of view. But for people who aren't visual artists it's, it's so cool to you know, be able to, to see sort of how something is made. Yeah. And for sure. like, how?
0: Yeah, yeah, like, you get a new appreciation for how difficult it is to when you see like, all the yeah. sort of work that goes into it. So. Yeah, like from a craft point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was curious, um, because you mentioned kind of being a bit of a perfectionist, I think, and, um, mm-hmm. and then a lot of your work deals with this, um, I think you phrase it in the tyranny of perfection. But, yeah. you know, and so I was, I was curious if you could talk more about your relationship with perfection.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that um, for me as a woman, I've always felt, and as a girl, you know, I grew up with a brother. And I always felt like the, you know, the the standards were different for him than it was for me. Right. And, um, I think as I got older, I got more and more interested in what that was about, you know, cause I would see that it affected my confidence. It affected, you know, things about my body image, things yeah. that I felt like when I looked at men, it seemed like they weren't, you know, having to deal with. Yeah. Um, so I think it's interesting in my work that the, the process sort of matches the topic yeah, right. <laughs> that I'm dealing with. Like, I remember a really early piece that I did. Um, it was, and actually, this is a great example of using the computer as a tool. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make this menu. The concept was that I thought plastic surgery was really crazy. And I was fascinated, but it made me uncomfortable. You know, it's sort of like I wanted it, but I thought it was horrifying. (laughs) And so I got really into researching all different kinds of plastic surgery. And I got the idea of making, like, this really fancy-looking menu and calligraphy kind of typeface that – talked about like, like the the appetizers would be like Botox, you know, right. and like the main course would be like your full on facelift. And for each one, I created these really funny descriptions, like based on food descriptions mm. to make them sound kind of like elaborate. Yeah. And I ended up designing it in Illustrator. And then I printed it out. And then I used this method of like a carbon paper. Okay. So I was tracing it through something I had designed in the computer, but I couldn't see what the tracing was doing on the paper because everything needed to be aligned. So it was basically, I was like blindly tracing and like wanting it to be really perfect, but not knowing what the result was. And I remember thinking, like in that moment i was like this process is so perfect for this (laughs) because (laughs) it's like the idea that you know you need to fix all these things about yourself and then the idea that like i really wanted it to be perfect but it wasn't going to be you know and i i think it's interesting that those things dovetail for me Mm. that um you know it'll be interesting like as My subject matter evolves because I feel like I've been kind of twisting, you know, looking at different sides of the ideas of this perfectionism and gender identity and things like that. That, you know, as I look at other sides of the coin, if, you know, like the idea of me wanting to do more uh, process and show more process, like, I wonder if that will, like, coincide with me, like, becoming more comfortable and, you know, not trying to achieve such perfection.
0: Right. Yeah, feeling like that's a standard for me. Yeah, 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 no, it's interesting because, um, I mean, I think also have from my design background, have, knowing how much like perfection is encouraged in the design world and, you know, and really having to kind of um, have to be a perfectionist to be, in a way a, a good designer mm, to some extent mm-hmm. and then um but then also the way that you know at the same time your work kind of makes fun of <laughs> of the yeah perfection so it's really um interesting like kind of contradiction but um it's really cool so um i was curious also about mm-hmm. um like at what point you started getting interested in this idea of like especially um you know, the theme of female, like, sexuality and desire and, um, those, those subjects as well.
1: Well, I think that, um, body image was something I was always really uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. Um, so I actually have, like, an early series that I don't have on my website anymore that was based on these silhouettes Mm -hmm. of, they were basically, like, silhouettes of women from Porn magazines that I was uh-huh. cutting out right. and then I was like doing things with those silhouettes. And I think, um, for me, like during adolescence, I really had trouble with like the changes that were happening in my body. I, I, I was overweight. Um, so I always felt like as a woman that, um, I could never really get beyond, like, what happened, those transitions of being a child, mm-hmm. where, like, I never, I always had trouble, like, with, see, like, I remember being in college and I had lost weight and seeing an image of myself and, like, not being able to reconcile that that was oh. me, like, because yeah. I had such a different impression of myself. Right. So I think for me, body image was always something that I struggled with. And I tried to express it in my art that my, some of my early work and then i think that kind of led to the plastic surgery and led to the ideas of what was it in society that was actually causing me to feel like this mm-hmm. i yeah. think at first it was just a feeling that i was having about you know myself and you know trying to understand myself and my childhood and you know my my feelings about myself and then i think i started to look more outwardly into, you know, why are we held up to these standards? I mean, I think it's amazing to look at, like, what's happened to Victoria's Secret.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean,
1: it's just like, hallelujah, you know? Like, no, we don't need to do that anymore. And I've actually been thinking a lot about the pandemic, because I'm like, what are all the things now that we're not doing because Mm -hmm. we're not really going out? Like, not wearing a bra. Like not putting in a lot of makeup, you know, like all of these things, like it'll really be interesting to see coming out of this time period, what of those things will stick? You know, it's like, it kind of gives you a moment to pause and say like, Oh yeah. Like why is this so important? I mean, I've never been somebody who wore a lot of makeup, but Mm -hmm. like, we all know there's a lot of women who, and mm-hmm. like, I can't leave the house without my right? face on. You right. know, hopefully some of them are thinking, like, oh, it's totally fine. I you know. know? Yeah, and, not to, and not to also downplay, like, you know, the expressive nature that makeup can have. You know, I right. think it can be fun and empowering. Yeah. But I do think there are people who, you know, wear it so religiously that it's. Yeah.
0: yeah and it, it has created this unrealistic ideal of, like you know, oh, we should always look airbrushed or something. Yeah. Possible. (laughs) So, yeah, no, I think that's interesting. I was curious if you ever feel, because, like I said, when I worked in the beauty industry, like, I had a lot of, like, kind of, you know, being a feminist and coming from that place like these conflicts about it you know and like when you work, you know for different like beauty companies or or whatever if like you ever felt that way or or how you reconcile that
1: well i feel like um i've always sort of held both together like part of my struggle and um my my last show that i had at ground floor gallery Mm -hmm. was really about this idea that for me and i think for other For many women as well the idea that you you don't really believe it but you still want to believe it it's like you know it's the that like wrinkle cream isn't gonna really get rid of your wrinkles but you find yourself buying it anyway right and i think for me it's like i kind of buy into it as much as i critique on it yeah like i i feel like the critiquing is almost a way of getting myself to Acknowledge something mm-hmm. and to see, like, this idea, like, this, um, like, sort of drive I feel like that's been put in women to like yeah. desire these things, yeah. And I feel like I'm always trying to figure that out. Like, I've been really interested, I, you know, I did a lot in my last um show with old vintage ads. And sayings in vintage ads that really mirrored what's being said today, like as if nothing's changed over, you know, 70 years. And and during that process of research, I found a lot of ads from, like, the 80s till today that are focused a lot on, like, these ingredients that are discovered, which I'm sure you probably have knowledge about, like, you know, like all of these different things that are, like, in the creams that are – you know, scientific or quasi-scientific. Right, right. And I I think it's really interesting that we can hold the idea of desiring this perfection and knowing that it's impossible at the same time.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah. No, it is. It's interesting. It's You know, it's it's like nothing is um, clear-cut. Like, it's all kind of (laughs) gray. And there's obviously, like, like you said, like sometimes these these things can help people like feel more empowered or feel, you know, um, there's always, it's always good to be aspirational and <laughs> whatever. It's not all bad, but yeah, it's like um, good to also, I think, you know, what your work does is kind of call attention to that um, and, and just mm-hmm. make you think about it a little bit more, which I think is important just, you know, not to blindly consume, <laughs> you know. Um, so I was curious also about, Mm -hmm. um, just how you, um, kind of made that transition from being like a designer to, and I know you still do graphic design, Mm -hmm. but, you know, kind of then, um, putting a stake in the ground and saying, okay, now I'm creating art and, you know, (laughs) how did, how did, Mm -hmm. um, kind of move to that from design? Um,
1: I think. I don't know if I already said this, but I think that it's an outlet for what can't be expressed within design. Yeah. Um, Yeah. For sure. Um, Like, I always joked and I said, whatever comes out on this candle, whatever whatever can't go on a candle package is what I'm focused on in my artwork, you know? Right. (laughs) Um, But I think also, like, there's this interesting – I don't know if this is really answering the question, but I just thought about it. I feel like there's this interesting overlap between um, like, what is considered fine art and what mm-hmm. is considered design, and design having a more lowly position than art. Mm-hmm. And there have been times um, when I'm pursuing work where I've almost had to get myself to um, you know, embrace that design side and let myself go there and feel that it's worthy. Um, Like I remember years ago, I um, went to the Robert Indiana show at the Whitney and his work is really graphic and all of the paintings, you know, are just like solid color um, areas and, and really graphic in nature. And I went to that show. I mean, it's rare for me to go to a show more than once. Like, I have to be really into it. And like I kept going back there and, like, mm-hmm. looking at the paintings. And it was, like, so seamless and so clean. And yeah. it was, like, how did he do that? And I felt like my next series, I did these paintings that were really flat and really graphic. And it was almost like I needed to see that to let myself mm-hmm. go there and to mm-hmm. feel like I could indulge myself. Yeah. I think there is this feeling of, like, um, you know, design not being, you know, not being real art, Right. and I think for my work, when I was able to embrace the overlaps more, uh-huh. it was more interesting, and, um, you know, for me, I think it really enriched my work, like, a lot of, you know, the typography that I'm drawing, I found it's really interesting, like, to see the difference of, even typography that's used on men's packaging versus women's packaging. Mm. And, like, in a way, as a designer, I already knew that, but it's just so funny, like, on men's packaging, it's all italics and block letters, and it's, like, all action. Right. You know? Like, right. everything is sort of the same. Yeah. And then, you know, on women's packaging, it's, like, serif typefaces. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I feel like when you spend time actually drawing for hours, things like that, you right. sort of absorb it in a different way. Way, And I think that maybe part of the difference between the design and the art is really, you know, like the thoughts and what you're trying to communicate, you know, like, I feel like I'm trying to communicate something larger than just the thing itself. And sometimes I just try to almost reproduce the thing itself. Because I feel like it's, it's so good. Like I can't even make it up. Like it's so funny already, you know, (laughs) like like skin caviar cream is worth $800.
0: It's like, I really can't come up with something better than that. you know. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That kind of makes me think that of another question um, that I had about just what um, do you feel like there's a specific message that you, are trying to convey through your work? I mean, um, and do you, is there something that you want people to like think or do or, you know, feel when they experience your work?
1: I think I'm really hoping that people, when they view my work, they, they really are able to, like whatever it is that I'm commenting on, I really hope that they sort of never look at that thing the same way again. Mm -hmm. You know, that I permanently change how they think about something that they wouldn't have otherwise noticed or thought of. And I feel like that's why I think that my choice of materials and how I make something has a lot to do with, you know, hopefully how successful it is in getting someone to see that. Um, But like, like my series of ceramics, I was really interested in showing like the shape of products, of Mm -hmm. beauty products looking really feminine. And if you take off all the packaging and everything, the shape feels like a women's product. And so it felt like it was really important that that was sculptural Mm. because it was an investigation into the shape. Um, But yeah, I hope that, you know, people then notice things that they hadn't noticed before.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was curious if you, um, you know, have experience with – the way men receive your work, and if it you know resonates with them, yeah, I
1: feel like men are really like good sports yeah <laughs> i feel like I feel like you know because I've done um like gallery talks, and um every year I participate in Gowanus open studios mm. um So, people, you know, just everyday people from the neighborhood, families even come in to, you know, visit artist studios in the neighborhood and Gowanus in Brooklyn. And so I get a lot of different, you know, cross sections of conversations. And I feel like a lot of times with the women focused work, the men are really interested in it. You know, like I feel like they're kind of, you know, unfamiliar with how women like feel or the you know the relationship to some of these objects that women have or ideas and I feel like a lot of them are really curious or didn't realize like sometimes like I was saying before if I'm if I'm sort of like drawing an object that exists Mm. men will think it's made up they think it's all made up they can't believe it (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's so funny. You're like, nope. This is, yeah. This and is the this women, you know, the
1: women here. know, like, even with the ceramics, like, women yeah. will be like, oh, is that a clinique? Like, yeah, yeah. they can tell the shape. And the men, you know, would have no idea. Right. Um, But even with the Me Too drawings, which are really a critique on men, I feel like m- most men are, you know, they think that they're funny. They appreciate the sentiment. Okay. And, um, and I think particularly particularly with that series, when I did it, it was so of the moment that yeah. people were really appreciating it. And I remember that open studios that I showed that work for the first time, people were like, thank you for making this. Oh, God. like, Or I feel uplifted. Like, this is funny. I feel uplifted. Yeah. So I feel like it's so nice as an artist when people, like, just get your work immediately and understand the message and, you know. Right. Like in my case, I think it's best if somebody finds it funny. You know? Like okay. if I see if I see someone looking at my work and then they chuckle, like usually it's like they take they sort of like taking it and looking and then if they chuckle, I'm like
0: yeah, <laughs> like they got that's it. the yeah. perfect response. <laughs> right, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I love that it is, you know, you tackle some ser- kind of serious subjects, but n- make it light and, and you know, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. The,
0: the wit, yeah.
1: Yeah, thanks for saying that, because yeah. I really do feel like one of the things I'm interested in doing is making work that, like, conveys that message, but isn't too polarizing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: because i feel like sometimes like really overtly feminist work like sometimes it can be off-putting for men and like, i i do like that idea of like you sort of look at it and at first you're not sure what it is and then you kind of come to it as opposed to it like hitting you over the head yeah
0: yeah no it yeah. definitely makes you think so that's yeah, yeah that's good <laughs> yeah um, and i think
1: that humor is you know a good way, like humor, yeah. allows you to do to do that. Yeah, one, to do that.
0: Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, I was curious. Um, I I know we we already talked for a while. I was like we could go on forever, but um, I know I, this is really really fun. <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> great to learn more about you. Um, I don't know if you have if there's like anyone that particularly inspires or influences your work. Um.
1: I, I mean, I have a lot of artists that I yeah. like. Yeah. Um, most of the artists I like are dealing with ideas of, like, gender or identity. Yeah. Um, uh, work in lots of different mediums. Like, I really like Glenn Lydon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of my favorite artists. Um, yeah. I Lately, though, I'm really interested in still life. So I've been... Oh, okay. Mm, looking at artists that are sort of informing that like one of the artists i don't know if you know him um one of the artists i've been looking at lately is matthew brannon no he's very some of his early work almost looks like design work oh, it's okay. very graphic yeah and um usually there's like some sort of sentiment or something that sort of titles it mm. um but um Oh, what was I going to say about him? Oh, yeah, that with the still life, I feel like I've been getting really interested in him because he has this really kind of clean graphic reproduction of objects. And they're really infused with a lot of um, thought behind them. Hmm. And his technique is really crazy. He does, like, screen prints with tons of colors in an edition of one. So he does, like, all of his work on screen printing and then, like, the final thing is just Just one one print yeah it's very cool and then another artist I've been looking at is Becky Suss um she's she's a a young artist Mm -hmm. um that um does a lot of work with interiors Mm -hmm. and there's lots of pattern and um Again, very graphic rep- representation of interiors. And she does big paintings. And I remember um, the first show of hers I went to, I went with like a friend and her daughter. Uh-huh. And they're almost life-size. So we took photos of the daughter in front. And she looked like she was in the space like oh, wow. because they're they're very like the the perspective is almost like warped in a weird way yeah. like it's it's not photorealistic but it's like it kind of looks like an interior so it's it's very cool so I'm kind of like looking into these artists that do things with objects in still life and you know, thinking about ideas behind like the domesticity—I'm sure you know—being cooped up at home for right. a long
0: time now has gotten me on that topic. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, I have to check them out. Um, I'm curious if, yeah, you said you're in between series, and um, if there's anything that you're working on or thinking about. Um...
1: Yeah, I think it's really this idea of still life. Okay. Um, I'm I'm interested in like the idea of like not just Drawing or painting one object, but creating like a an actual, you know, bunch of objects together, like a still life. And um, I feel like I'm really interested in historically, like the symbolism behind things that were painted and what they meant. So I feel like I want to like create some sort of Story that's mm. going on within what I'm drawing, and have like the relationships between the objects contribute something to the total impression of it. Okay. So I don't know what medium I'm using. I'm playing with acrylics. Um, oh. You know, I'm I'm playing around with new materials. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of hard, you know, like. Right. I feel like um, prior to the pandemic, I lost my father at the beginning of the year. Oh, I'm
0: sorry to hear
1: that. Thank you. Um, So it really had me, like, looking inward in a new way. And then everything with, you know, what's happened lately had me looking inward. So I feel like the idea of, like, the meaning of things, uh, whether it's personal meaning or societal meaning, I feel like that's all really interesting to me right now, like, sort of how I fit or what things, like, have meant to me historically or what they mean now. Yeah, um, yeah. So I feel like I'm less, like, looking at the advertising mm-hmm. side of things and more about maybe what things mean personally or what things mean, like, in a a larger way.
0: Yeah, yeah that makes sense. No, that, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think, um, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of societal <laughs> changes that obviously, like, have, you know, a big impact. So um, do you think, like, you'll still be looking sort of at the, the feminine aspect? And the? Um...
1: I think probably, yeah, I yeah. think probably, but yeah, yeah, I feel like I've had a lot of interest in nature as well. Mm, okay. Because I think, like, I live, um, on the Lower East Side. Right. And it's like, it's been so quiet yeah. and you know, it's like, there's no traffic and there's no honking. And so I've gone out to walks by the East river and I've been like hearing the bird calls and looking at the bird, you know, like, I feel like there's been all of these things underneath, Mm. you know, the rhythm, the normal rhythm of the city that, um, I feel like I've been noticing so I feel like you know in many ways I'm I'm looking at things really differently and I feel like I'm interested in exploring that. Mm, so cool. But yeah it's like it's just really unformed in I right. think like what it will take so I'm kind of like reading a lot and trying to further the ideas and yeah. then also playing around with new materials and okay. you know yeah
0: yeah no it'll it'll all come together eventually yeah right (laughs) right that's awesome well I'm I'm super excited to I mean see what form it takes and eventually and um thank you so much for like sharing this time and it was so nice to learn more about you and um I for anyone that you know isn't familiar with your work I hope they'll they'll check out your website I think there's um, probably a link in your bio and, and mm-hmm. all of that. Um, yes. Karen Maynelly.com. And, um, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. I think this
1: was really great for me because I think that a lot of times when people talk with artists, um, they don't have a lot of knowledge about the, about design, so I feel oh, like this right. was a really interesting conversation to really, oh, no. you know, talk more about those kinds of influences yeah. um, from somebody who you know understands, you know, right. the derivation. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, because yeah, I think yeah, back to the high art, low art thing. I think that people shy away from that, and um, mm-hmm. I think it's you know, for, for me and my work, I think it's been like a rich area of exploration. So it's been really fun. You know, yeah i mean i think it's funny how,
0: like you know i think part of the reason i love your work too i mean many reasons but one of the reasons also because i can see your graphic design like influence mm. and i you know obviously love graphics <laughs> yeah um really cool but um well thank you again yeah thank you for having of, me yeah best of luck with everything and hopefully i'll see you in the city again when we can yes do all that i'm looking forward to it Okay. Okay. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.